Thank you for listening to the only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Pharmacy Podcast recently traveled to Austin, Texas to attend the National Community Pharmacists Association's 116th Annual Convention and Trade Exposition to highlight the importance of independent community pharmacy to our healthcare system and to promote patient health. So during the convention, attendees heard remarks from business advisor Guy Kawasaki and singer-songwriter David Carroll, whose viral video, United Breaks Guitars, influenced how companies approach customer service. Attendees of the show also had the opportunity to participate in continuing education seminars, as well as in roundtable discussions with their fellow pharmacists to discuss emerging trends, technologies, and best practices. I had the honor of scheduling and conducting interviews with award winners from the 2014 NCPA show, and today we are listening to several of those award winners. And we have uh, an award winner that I'd very much like to feature, um, Max Caldwell, who's an outstanding adherence practitioner um, who won the Adherence Efforts uh, Outstanding Adherence Practitioner Award, which recognizes independent community pharmacists who demonstrates a continuous commitment to patient adherence services. This year's winner is Max Caldwell, and he's the owner of Caldwell Discount Drug in uh, Wien, Arkansas, and uh, he's participated in, uh, in being a, um, an independent pharmacy owner um, for um, many years and understands the importance of medication uh, synchronization and adherence, which helps patients and improves pharmacy efficiencies by coordinating refills to one day per month and provides another avenue for pharmacist-patient consultation. Congratulations, Max. How are you today? Very good, and thank you very much, Todd. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. So tell us a little bit about um, how long you've been a um, practitioner, how long you've had your own pharmacy. Uh, I had my own pharmacy, started in 19... I actually graduated from uh, pharmacy school in 1981, went in business with my brother as a staff pharmacist. In 1986, he and I opened our own store, and in uh, 1995, I bought his half out, and I've been a sole owner since 1995. So, uh, Max, why do you think it's so important to uh, place so much effort and so much attention on uh, on an adherence program? Well, with the, the cost of the health care costing the United States so much, it's a $300 billion a year uh, monster out there is what it is. And once the inheritance program has started, uh, it's been proven that if you want that if you spend one dollar on a diabetic medication it saves ten dollars to the healthcare system and once you spend a dollar on a blood pressure medication uh, then it saves four dollars on the healthcare system and so in order to to basically get the healthcare system under control it, it goes back to being an enhanced uh, program for the for the patients most patients are about 50 percent adherent to their medications is what, they, what they've done we had a quote from um, Mr. Mark Riley, uh, PharmD, NCPA president, executive vice president. He says, as a fellow Arkansan, I am especially proud to present Max Caldwell with the 2014 NCPA Outstanding Adherence Practitioner Award. 
you know, something that uh, I get very excited about in coming to the NCPA is the fact that it's an organization that really endorses our own, and what that does for pharmacy as a whole is places it in a position of recognition that, in my opinion, it just didn't have enough of, and it's part of the reason I think that we're all after provider status, too. So um, what do you like most about the NCPA and coming to these events? So, uh, it, it's basically meet uh, other people from all over the uh, United States, uh, learning their ideas, learning what they're doing, working together as a group and seeing which way we need to go to to make that heritage program or, or to make it make pharmacy just a better uh, place to work, uh, how to increase our reimbursement rates. And as we do it as a whole, then we will get results a lot faster than just doing it on our own. Exactly. Well, Max, once again, I wanted to congratulate you and thank you so much for being here and uh, being an independent pharmacy owner. I, we all know that's not easy. And um, congratulations. Thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate that. Hey, I'd like to introduce and welcome to the podcast for the first time uh, Peter uh, Kreckel, who's a pharmacist, pharmacy manager of Thompson Pharmacy in Altoona, Pennsylvania. And he was named the 2014 National Preceptor of the Year by the NCPA. And we're excited to have him here at the 116th Annual Convention and Trade Show. And um, just want to say congratulations, Peter. How are you? I'm doing extremely well, Todd, and I want to just say thanks so much for this opportunity for me to reach some of my fellow pharmacists darn at the convention today. You're very welcome. Um, you know, podcasting has been a passion of mine just because I realize I don't have to repeat myself over and over. I can just record it and get it out there. And uh, Peter was sharing with me that you actually have a little bit of a po podcast-like background with some of the recordings that you do. Yes, that's right. I do uh, some broadcasts for FreeCE.com that provides uh, live continuing education to pharmacists. And it's kind of appealing to them just simply because I'm a retail pharmacist. That's what pays the bills. That's where my passion is. But also my passion, too, is reaching out to other pharmacists. And one of the ways that we've done it is uh, through precepting students from the University of Pittsburgh as well as Duquesne University. We even had a kid from West Virginia University where my daughter Gretchen is on faculty there. Excellent. So you are being honored as the National Preceptor of the Year. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, why you think you got that award. Uh, we're kind of in a unique situation. We're in Altoona, Pennsylvania, which is about two and a half hours really from Pittsburgh, about three and a half from Philadelphia, two and a half from Wilkesbury. So there's no pharmacy school even close to us. So the challenge has always been how do you get these kids to come out and experience rural pharmacy? Well, my daughter said to me when she was in pharmacy school, Dad, where do you stay for a six-week rotation? And I said, Gretchen, uh, we have three empty bedrooms now. So we let <laughs> kids live at our house absolutely rent-free, absolutely board-free. And uh, my wife, Denise, who's also a pharmacist, she assists me in the precepting. She does things at, um, at the clinic that she works at. She's also now working at a volunteer underserved clinic. So we give the kids the full experience. They're not going to be doing retail pharmacy in a traditional mode. Uh, they're not going to be stuck behind the counter really being a glorified tech. I make them do all of my patient counseling. I also have them teach a unit up at St. Francis. I also teach uh, pharmacology at St. Francis University. So these kids uh, kind of jump in there for an hour and do that. So it's a really unique opportunity. But I think the fact that you know we're reaching out, providing housing for them is kind of what caught the eye of the NCPA board. <laughs> That's great. And, and, you know, 
having a, a future pharmacist um, actually spend time like that um, rather than being at a cold hotel but being actually in your home, you probably get to share some stories to really get to know them as, as people. And then in turn, you as well, to really give some war stories per se about what you've been through. And I think sharing that in itself is, is huge with regards to your learning uh, that you take on as a student. Exactly, and that's why uh, conventions like the NCPA or your local state conventions are just so extremely important, is to reach out, uh, meet some people, get some good ideas, that's all important. But I think just the unification of this profession is what's so critically needed is to be able to have these kids. You know, when I see Brandon Antonopoulos and uh, Kyle McCormick, two Pitt students that I've met before, uh, it's just amazing, you know, what we can provide them as far as experiences go. Yeah, Brandon and, um, and Kyle, we're giving you an additional shout-out. You guys know I'm fans of yours, and uh, I've said we all got to get together and start some pharmacies together and do some, some dynamic things out there for the future of pharmacy. Um, Peter, I thank you for being on the show. I want to once again uh, congratulate you for your award as National Perceptor of the Year, and uh, thank you for so much for what you're doing for, uh, for pharmacy. I appreciate that, Todd, and I just want to hope all my pharmacists have a great day on the bench tomorrow. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, our next award winner, I am so excited. Matter of fact, um, this is the one I've really been uh, waiting for. Um, Jack Dunn is the owner of Jasper Drugs and Gifts in Jasper, Georgia, and he's been named the 2014 NCPA Willard B. Simmons Independent Pharmacist of the Year and I just want to say, number one, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, Jack. And number two, obviously, congratulations. Thank you, Todd. It's been quite an experience. I've really enjoyed it, and um, I'm just overwhelmed by what all is going on. I was just saying to Jack before we got started that um, it's amazing in a career that you've worked so hard, you've been through so many obstacles to the success of your own business, um, being able to... Uh, counsel patients that probably get taken from you by some insurance plan out there that takes them to mail order or something and all the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur and a business owner and then after all that time that you spend working hard you get recognized by your peers uh, with such an award so that gives me chills and I'm sure it gave you chills too. It absolutely did. I, it, it was overwhelming. I, uh, my father started the business in 1952 and um, you know like you said, it's an it's just an overwhelming process when you think over the years of how much training and how much work you've done within your facility, and those people come in and ask you questions. Um, it's just unbelievable. I um, I was mentioning before we got on the air um, when I went to school in 1973. I had an instructor who's now my dean come to me and or he actually told the class. He said, um, "Whatever you do." Just because you get the diploma, that doesn't mean anything. Because the government or insurance companies can take this away from you, so get involved. I've been a member of NCPA since 1973, as well as UPHA, of which I was a president. Um, I saw at that time when that instructor told me that, that just as soon as you get the degree, it can be going away because the government uh, can take it or insurance companies can take it. So you have to stay involved. You have to get involved and stay involved, and we have to lobby, but at the same time, we have to lobby for our, our constituents because there is so much there for us to learn, and I'm always learning. I, I have very free, few free time in this event because I'm always trying to learn for the next step. 
That's incredible. You know, there are several award winners that we've obviously um, planned to interview, and some of them are owners and others work, with, of course, with independent pharmacies. What do you think is the difference between being an independent pharmacy and some of the pharmacies out there that are more like, um, you know, national chains? Well, somebody asked me, what was my goal for this year? And my goal for this year, and I told this to my staff, is for them to be as happy as I am. Hmm. Um, I go to work today, and I don't count many pills. I let my staff do that, and I have three pharmacist staff. And I also have another drugstore. We didn't mention that. But at any rate, that's my lovely wife. Uh, we have three generations in pharmacy. Uh, actually, I have six people in my, within my family that are pharmacists. But going and doing these things uh, for people is just, uh, it's, yeah, you, you've got to get paid for these options, but when you come, to, when somebody comes to your store, for example, I had a lady recently come to my store who was just unbelievable. She was 40-something years old. She comes to my store, and this lady brings her and says, uh, would you help her? And I said, sure, I will. She had been to two chains. And so we sit down and talked. And the first thing she says is, I'm a diabetic. Okay. And I give two uh, diabetic education pro programs a month in my store. So I said to her, okay, so how many times do you test for blood sugar a day? One. I said, okay, is that one today and two tomorrow? She said, no, once a week. <laughs> Threw up a red flag automatically. So I'm sitting there and said, okay, how many meals do you eat a day? One. Okay. Is that one today and two tomorrow? That's one today and maybe not tomorrow. Now, this lady had been diagnosed as a diabetic. I don't know what the person did that diagnosed her as a diabetic, but she, I said, you know, you've got to have fuel for your body. So I kept talking into her, and she'd been abused and so on and so forth. But it was overwhelming because she had never had a lady, uh, never had a pharmacist or much less a friend try to help her. It was unbelievable. Um, I sit down and talk to her for about 30 minutes. And uh, so she, I said, well, what can I do for you today? So we looked at her medicines. And, of course, a lot of this was due to not eating and nutrition. So the first thing I told the lady is, I said, we got to get her to a food bank, which we do have in my hometown. And the next thing we got to do is get her some relationships that she can establish. And I looked at her and I said, how many friends do you have? She said, four. I said, who are they? My two cats, my dog, and my parakeet. Somebody in her family had just dropped her off and left her there. Now, at that time, I become very emotional, and, and the lady was with me as well. And I said, "Well, do you need some necessities?" And she said, um, "No." The lady in front of me had, had helped me, and I said, "Okay. Is there anything else you need?" And she said, "I need some shoes." Now, this is the lady brought her. So I said, "Okay, let's go over here and order you some shoes, diabetic shoes." I was going to give them to her. And the lady looks at me. She said, I don't need any shoes. She said, there's people all worse off than I am. It just, you know, it was unbelievable. That's just one occasion. I mean, I do things, and, I, and my wife knows this. I, uh, I'll call her and say, honey, I'm going to be a little late. I'm mentoring three kids right now, high school kids. What have we done in society today? We have no positive accolades out there. It's all negative. So I'm trying to get these kids who've, Two of them has got the possibility to do play D1 or college athletics, but to give them some positive input and give them some insight on what's going on in the world today. And so that's 
that's just in a nutshell some things that I do that's over and beyond. And I, I tell the guys, that, and they're all guys this time, because I do this every year. I tell them, I said, you know, this is not about me. This is about you. Here's my number. If you ever need me for any reason, you call me. I don't care what time it is or whatever. We'll sit down and talk. So that's just, it's just a little relationships that we do in life. You know, that's an example, Jack, of why an independent pharmacist and an independent pharmacy has such an opportunity and an impact and the impact that they've had ongoing to their community because of the trickle-down effect of what you're doing for these people's lives. More than just a Medicare specialist consultant, you're part of the community, and it's part of the reason why pharmacists are so trusted, because you're embedded in the community. These people walk in your store, they're part of your life, you know them by name, you know their life struggles, and you that woman that you described, she didn't have anyone else to really turn to, she didn't sound like a complainer. She just was telling you, you know, what she was going through as a diabetic. And you turn around and you help, you know, care for her, truly care for her. And that's just uh, echoed throughout so many pharmacists that I've interviewed and independent pharmacists that I've interviewed and privately owned pharmacy owners. And I just want to say once again, congratulations on your award and thank you for what you're doing for independent pharmacy. It's just been a pleasure and I'm overwhelmed by the honor, but at the same time, I'm a pharmacist, and that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. So our next award winner, the CPA uh, Annual Conference, um, which I'm excited to introduce, is uh, Mr. Frank Iannorin, and he is a pharmacy owner of Madison Pharmacy in Madison, New Jersey. He was named the winner of the 2014 NCPA Prescription Drug Safety Award, which was sponsored by Purdue and um, pharma, and the award recognizes pharmacists who have reached out in their communities to provide education on the benefit of the correct use of prescription drug products and the hazards associated with their misuse. So how are you doing today, Frank? Very good, thank you. Very good. Hey, and I apologize if I misspelled your, uh, or misread your last name. Uh, how do you say your last name? It's Ianna Rohn. Ianna Rohn, Okay. Um, so I want to just congratulate you, obviously, in your award. Um, you must be very proud to be recognized by uh, your peers in the industry. Uh, tell me, in your own words, why do you think you, you were chosen for this award? Oh, well, I've, I've put in a couple of years trying to, um, you know, help the community, our, our Madison community, and our local Morris County community, and uh, um, preventing medications, whether they're expired or not, just getting a, getting them into the right place and out of the wrong hands, um, stopping people from uh, misusing them, kids from misusing them, and also helping the environment at the same time. You know, um, there's so much um, news in our industry, and unless you're part of the pharmacy industry, you might not realize it, but, um, you know, the DEA uh, recently announced its final regulations for the Secure and Responsible Drug Disposal Act of 2010, but I know I've all I do is spend time with community um, independently owned pharmacies and they've been doing correct disposal and asking their communities and asking their uh, participants in their communities to bring those uh, disposable or those drugs that need to be disposed properly to their pharmacy. So expand upon that um, of how you're kind of working to, uh, to ensure that uh, drugs are disposed correctly. Well, uh, we currently um, 
use an NCPA uh, product called Dispose My Meds. We've been using that for years, which is a, a program in which people can bring their medications in, um, whether they're expired or not needed anymore. Um, and uh, they eventually, when the box gets filled, it gets shipped away and incinerated. Um, and it's been a very successful program in our town. Um, we filled the box multiple times. And uh, by doing this, it allows um, people to get uh, prescription and over-the-counter drugs out of their home if they're not using them anymore. Prevents medication errors, um, prevents them from going into their own hands, people that might want to misuse them. Also prevents them from flushing them down the toilet, throwing them into the garbage, which would wind up then into the environment. Uh, Frank, I have um, two very young kids, a five-year-old daughter, a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and um, I'm, you know, I, ha- I live with my, uh, with my father-in-law as well, and he's on some meds. And I've been very aware, uh, more so in the last two or three years, obviously, um, than ever before about the danger of that. And uh, programs like yours are really helping to curb that. So that's that's excellent. Yeah. One of the groups I sit on is called Prevention is Key, and that sort of really sums it all up. If it's, if it's out of the house, it's prevented. There's, there's just not a chance of a problem. So in addition... Um, uh, Frank, you're also committed to fighting the problem of drug and alcohol abuse, and you sit on the board of the Madison Alliance Addressing Substance Abuse, the MAASA, and the Morris uh, County Alliance. Um, tell us a little bit more about those efforts. Well, it's, uh, they're both one's a Madison-based um, organization and one's a Morris County-based uh, organization. And again, it's it's all about prevention, uh, a lot that we do. Um, it's to um, prevent mostly um, younger age people to stopping uh, uh, smoking, um, consuming alcohol, um, illicit drugs, misusing illicit drugs, um, trying to you know, constantly put the message in front of them that it's not the correct thing to do and um, you know, proving to them and letting them know they can have fun without choosing alcohol and, and drugs to have a good time. Uh, it's been a very successful uh, organization and we've done a lot. Frank, um, I notice so many independent pharmacy owners are, are, are leaders in their community. Uh, you obviously are, are definitely one. I want to congratulate you on your, on your award, uh, Prescription Drug Safety Award, and um, I want to wish you all the best of success. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you. Hi, this is Lindsay Bebout. I'm a P4 student at the University of Oklahoma, Tulsa campus. And this is Lindsay Crane. I'm also a P4 University of Oklahoma. I'm Latasha Zugelder, and I'm a P4 at the University of Oklahoma Tulsa campus. So we're here with these future pharmacy leaders uh, discussing um, an award that you've won. So please tell our listeners about what it is that you're being honored for through the National Community Pharmacists Association. Our team has been working on a business plan over the past year. There were 42 plans submitted, and we made it to the top three and presented on Saturday, and we received first place. So, Lindsay, what do you think um, differentiated your plan from others? Uh, Our business, our main focus was being family-friendly. Our niche is pediatrics, so we have a few unique things. We have a a mascot, pharmacy mascot named Captain Capsule. Um, We have a play area in our in our plan in our pharmacy. We focus on pediatric safety, and um, the area that we chose to make our business in Tulsa. There's lots of other pediatric specific things, and so um, 
you know, we just had the we had the right idea in the right place, and we we researched our demographics, we worked hard, and we presented. We were confident, and I think that's what set us apart. So, uh, the other Lindsay, um, what differentiates um, you think your environment of what you were trying to build, and let's say a traditional community pharmacy? A lot of the things that Lindsay just mentioned is. I, I haven't been in a pharmacy that has the things that we have in our plan with um, the mascot that's going to be there, the play area and the fish tank that's unique. The We have scales at the drop-off window where we will weigh the patients, pediatric patients, to check the dose for safety. Um, just our staff and our whole mission of serving your family, treating them like our family. Kids' artwork will be displayed on our walls. Um, I'm a mother. I have an 11-year-old son. and. I just, if I walked into this pharmacy and I knew that these people were going to treat my son like that, I would tell everyone I knew, and I have, I have not experienced that at a pharmacy. Well, I have to echo that. I have four daughters, and two of them are under the age, at the age of five and under, so five and two and a half, and if I knew that a pharmacy was specializing in pediatric medicine and was specialist in pediatric medicine, I'd have a sense of um, calmness in some ways, because when I go to the, the doctor and obviously it's the pediatrician and they subscribe something I always think of or prescribe something I always have those feelings that is it you know I almost want to give them half a dose or something or I mean you just know you're, you're as a parent you're just you know I think marketing it as a pediatric pharmacy would give me an extra layer of comfort <laughs> and I'm probably that's probably what you were going for exactly yeah we want to serve the whole family but we want to get you in with the kids and then we want we want you to want to come there for every family member grandparents get everybody in there um, but because we treat your kids so well and your family so well we want everyone to come see us so. Latasha when doing your research and you probably did some google searching obviously were you able to find any other pharmacy in the United States that was a was truly a pediatric pharmacy there were I believe two I know we <coughs> ran into a pharmacist that she has one I don't remember where she was out of and I believe there was one in Florida so I saw like two in the nation we looked. Some of the pediatric hospitals have a pharmacy in them, but they're not separate facilities. Yeah. It's like so it. I think we did see maybe one that was actually just a freestanding pediatric pharmacy. Very good. Then there's a market, obviously, for it probably because you, it's not been overdone yet. Right. That's excellent. How would you utilize, uh, let's say, technology in this? Uh, for example, uh, padded uh, iPads or something like a video game in the corner, but would you think of encompassing technology in any way? Absolutely. We do have iPad stations in the play area, so we would have the iPads in like a little game arcade that you can play some in so that the kids can play, so that way they can play games about health and education while they're waiting. Um, just the system that we were going to use, the Pioneer RX system, um, has a lot of great technology for adherence in different sections that would help with our mission. In um. mobile applications? Yes. Um, I'm obviously, as I prefaced before we started the interview, a bit of a technology nerd myself, so I think that's a big part of a pharmacy operation and, and marketing it to um, being a pediatric pharmacy through social media, engaging them on Facebook, engaging them through the community. I think that would be absolutely huge and I, I could see a market for it like I said as a as a parent um, so what's the future for the three of you what what type of pharmacy are you hoping are you going to go into clinical are you going to go you're going to be a uh, resident somewhere what's your plans uh, I'll start with you Lindsay 
I, I will be working for the IHS or a tribal facility for a few years. I have a scholarship through them. What's the IHS? Indian Health Services. Oh, okay. Very good. Okay. And what about you, Lindsay? Um, I want to do something in the community, community field of pharmacy, as opposed to clinical or hospital. Um, it's my, my biggest passion is just patient education, patient interaction, being able, being easily accessible to patients. So um, not exactly sure yet, but something in the community field. Very good. And Latasha? Um, I'm interested in community as well. It's kind of just some networking here, and I think I would love to look into like the junior partnership that you can do as an independent. Right. I'm really interested in that. Yep. Yeah, I've heard of several programs that are being sponsored. One of them is the RX Ownership Program, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, taking a legacy um, of a pharmacy owner, and rather than selling it off to a big national chain, they find the right next generation owner, they transfer the business to them, and then they you know give you some insight to that. So um, I'm excited for the three of you. I think that it's dynamic and innovative and in some of your ideas. I want to congratulate you on your award. And um, please stay in touch with the NCPA. They have such a dedication to students and future pharmacists because it is our future. Obviously, you're future members, and you'll be the leaders and the board members someday. But um, I just wanted to thank you also for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you. Thank Thank you you very much. Thank you. And I'd like to welcome back to the show Mr. Doug Hoy, who's CEO of the NCPA. Haven't been back since Episode 30, Doug. How are you? Gosh, it's, it's been a while, Todd. Glad to be back. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Hey, we're at an exciting event. Uh, obviously, the NCPA 116th National Convention. Um, and you and I both just got done talking um, right before uh, the interview. And we said there's a, there's a buzz about this year. There's an excitement about this year. Uh, tell us what you, were, what you were kind of sharing with me. Well, we've really, um, that's exactly right. So we've got around 3,000 folks here at the NCPA annual meeting. Uh, it is our first time to be in Austin, Texas in our 116-year history. And if you haven't been to Austin before, which many of our attendees have n- had never been to Austin, some have never been to Texas before, um, Austin ha- is, a, is a young town. It's a technology-driven town. And there's just, there's just an energy about the town. And that energy uh, is true at the NCPA annual meeting as well. Um, there are... There's lots of there's um, no shortage of challenges in our industry, and everyone knows those. And we're certainly uh, not casting a blind eye to those in, in any well in any way. But there are tremendous opportunities in our uh, industry as well. Things are changing, and whenever there's change, that creates opportunities, especially with independent community pharmacy owners who are able to take it, take advantage of change and really uh, find the opportunities there. So give us some highlights of what is on the forefront of NCPA's initiatives uh, with helping to preserve and, uh, and create prosperity for independent pharmacy. Yeah. So we, at least in my simple mind, I try to categorize our issues into two buckets. One's, one bucket are the here and now issues. Those are issues of the present day. The other bucket is helping pharmacies see around the corner for what's in the future. And the two are interdependent. If we don't work on the here and now issues, we won't need to worry about the future. But if we don't worry about the, or keep one, at least one eye on, on the future issues, once we get there, 
once we get to those future here and now issues, we won't be ready and we'll be behind, behind the eight ball. So it's really a balance. Here and now issues include uh, pharmacies being able to participate in preferred networks. And this, a second here and now issue is the delay in payment rates on, uh, on generic products. And we've, we've seen a proliferation of generic products going up 100, you know, 100, 200, 1,000, 10,000%. And so those two issues are, and there are others, but those two issues are on the forefront of the here and now work that NCPA has been doing throughout the year. Um, in the here and now and in future, we are really emphasizing that we do this in a unified and coordinated manner. So we're working not only with our members, but also talking to buying groups, wholesalers, PSAOs, state associations, software vendors, anyone who has a stake in the independent pharmacy community, and we are working to facilitate a unified and coordinated message. That's not a new thing. That's something that we've been doing. But in particular, the last year and a half, we've been just really sounding the drumbeat of a unified and coordinated message. It's not an option. It's the only way we're going to have a chance to win, and I believe we will win. Another exciting thing that I love covering, and thank you so much for this. is my second year covering the uh, NCPA wrap-up show, and uh, was the award winners. And I got uh, some interviews in place that we're really excited about. So just wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of um, kind of highlight some of that. Yeah, you know, I, I won't go through the whole list of, of award winners, um, but I will say uh, in, in, in looking at the folks that we were able to, to honor that they're um, – that they're the best of the best. I mean, they kind of uh, help set the bar for others to look at. And what will happen next year is that even though these folks are the best of the best, there will be folks who build on, on what they do, on build on their resume to even have a higher best of the best. And that's one of the exciting things about uh, independent community pharmacy. Um, we thank our sponsors. You know, we wouldn't be able to do these awards without sponsorship. We wouldn't be able to have the show without the exhibitors and sponsors, so we're grateful for that. Um, and mostly we're grateful for the, our membership. I'm grateful for uh, independent community pharmacists and allowing us to uh, lead, be the leader of independent community pharmacy over the last 116 years and beyond. Something interesting you said to me, Doug, um, and this is, if I make the count, this is my seventh NCPA meeting, but uh, share with the listeners uh, what number this is for you. Yeah, I haven't really been saying this to a lot of people. <laughs> Perhaps I shouldn't have said it to someone who does podcasts um, in a media session. But uh, this is my 20th uh, NCPA. Actually, it's my 19th NCPA annual meeting because I had one meeting uh, or two me uh, two meetings as a, when it was still NARD. Okay. But really, it's my 20th um, meeting, 19 on staff, one as a student, um, and uh you know, you, you love all your children, and, and these conventions are, are somewhat become because of the work that goes into them. But um, I sincerely believe that this is, this is one of the best, and I base that on the feedback from our membership. And, uh, you know, next year we're in Washington, D.C. at National Harbor, and um, it's a driving distance for a lot of listeners. It's a, you know, one-stop plane ticket for a lot more listeners. And 
I want to bust the seams. I mean, if you haven't been to one or you haven't been to a meeting in a while, now's about time. And so I look forward to seeing all, all your listeners in Washington, D.C. next October. Doug, we thank you so much for what you're doing personally and what the NCPA does. Uh, the team is so well-oiled. You guys know exactly what's going on. You create the excitement. I love the uh, use of the hashtag under Twitter. I'm, I'm a Twitter addict, so I can't help it. But um, just thank for what you do and, uh, and for the NCPA's efforts. Thank you. That concludes the NCPA's 116th Conference and Convention pharmacy podcast post show we look forward to seeing everyone next year in washington dc at the 117th annual convention and don't forget about the multiple site conference this february definitely look it up it's in an excellent location and we always as always we thank you for listening to the pharmacy podcast